to you from the hot desert sun in Del Rio, Texas, and the pleasant morning dew out of St. Louis, Missouri. You are downloading Bass Edge Radio. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and by the way, Kurt, did you know that Bass Edge Radio and the U.S. Olympic bass fishing team share something in common in that we're both presented by MegaWork Guard? Wow, that is freaking awesome. Yeah, not, not, not really. I'm just kidding. But What lake what? are we fishing in Rio? Yeah, I, that, exactly. But if the U.S. did have an Olympic bass fishing team, you would be on it. And, of course, MegaWork Guard would be sponsoring it because they are of gold medal status but terrible transition but be sure to visit them at keelguard.com i thought it was solid man get the edge get what your boat needs keelguard and uh, welcome again bass edge radio midsummer edition know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Two weeks since the last time we were at the mic together, Kurt, but uh, certainly no lack of things to do. I know you had your kids' fishing camp going on that was certainly as always, sold out. I went on a uh, kind of a, a western gallivant family vacation into Glacier Park, Montana, dropped down into Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So uh, a lot of things going on, maybe somewhat fishing related, but kind of just uh, time away from from doing what we normally do. Yeah, man. It was a crazy stretch for me going from uh, Kentucky Lake to an MLF event in Missouri, straight to Champlain, straight to Lake Oneida, and then straight back home for a week with the youth camp at Lake Amistad. And <sighs> deep breath, dude. Wore out. Yeah. Just looking to uh, take a little time off, having a guide trip here or there. But uh, honestly, you know, fishing gets a little slow this time of year. It's like, uh, you know, fishing has two seasons, right? Two main prime seasons. You got the springtime, you know, the spawn, top water, kind of early summer deal. And then and then the secondary prime time is is in the fall, you know, which kind of, you know, runs September through, depending on where you're at in the country, you know, late November, early December. And um, dude, let's 
face it, when you talk in July to August and then you rebound and you look in at January, February, those are definitely off months, I think, for the most part, unless you're fishing up north. You're That's smally right. fishing, great lakes, then, you know, you're still blasting them <laughs> because they only have a few months to eat anyway, right? No, so, no, no doubt, no doubt. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head and, and certainly the north is part of that unique area. I mean, you're still, like you said, still going to town there. But I know for me personally, this time of the year is always a time that I like to get out early morning, right? Try some top water. Even I'm still kind of have some of that night fishing blood, those roots that I grew up doing, getting out on the lakes, fishing some brush piles, that type of thing. But what I also want us to kind of remember and key in on, you know, having two daughters and I've gotten to actually take them out on just some smaller bodies of water here recently on the ponds and, and lakes, grabbing a, an ultralight reel with some live bait and, and just getting that tug on the end of the line. Certainly a great way to go out, leave them wanting more, maybe spend 30, 40 minutes while the fish are still biting and then go on to the other thing and kind of create that passion for life. Key there, time. The time has to be kind of short, segmented little blocks and uh, that helps the kids to enjoy that quick session of uh, fishing and, and want to come back and do it again rather than getting them out there for, you know, a five-hour marathon. You know, by the time two <laughs> hours goes by, they're like, Daddy, take me home. I can't stand this anymore. Lips are all and, blistered and, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And then they never want to go fishing again. But that short segmented a lot of time with the youth is is super important but yeah it's summertime that's the way it is and uh we're gonna enjoy it 100 degrees or not <laughs> but it's a dry heat <laughs> i hear that i hear that a lot and honestly it is better than my east coast days of july and august and uh, it does make a difference man I don't well, dude it makes a difference you get above 100 degrees it's just freaking hot I mean, it is, it is, but, but 93 degrees in DC and uh fishing the Potomac, you're drenching wet all day long. I mean, it's a little bit different, but another quick thing is I like your little key segment there where you talked about a couple quick hours in the morning, you know, keeping fishing fun and, uh, you know, don't feel like, again, you got to be out there all day and, and there's always a few top water fish to be had and who doesn't like catching fish on top water? No doubt. I mean, that is my favorite way, most interactive and uh, certainly most exciting. Yeah. And, and uh, the uh, night fishing, I got to give a shout out with our last interview. David Mullins talked a little bit about that's how the guy grew up doing a little night fishing before he got into the daylight stuff anyway. Hey, look, we got a super cool interview coming up. It's a return guest, a guy that knows a little bit about some tidal water bassin, but uh, we're going to take it in a little different direction. So stay tuned. Bass Edge Radio will be right back with this week's Angler Spotlight. Hey, Bass Edge Nation, in today's Angler Spotlight, we've got a return guest. That's right, FLW Tour Pro, Brian Schmidt is in the house. Thanks for hanging with us today, Brian. How's everybody? Good morning, everyone. Hey, Brian, thanks for being here. I know, you know, it's been a while, all the way dating back to October 15th. 2014 since you have last been on but you know during that time pretty creative guy i've got a new tagline for you that you can use with all your sponsors and here it goes if you don't know brian you don't know schmidt 
I think that's a keeper, don't you? <laughs> I like that. Yep, that, that works. Yep. All right. Well, if, if we could just get that on the side of his boat, dude, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I think you got a new that, new giddy up right there. Yeah, that might work. Well, uh, kind of turning this in the direction that we actually should be going. Another top five on the East Coast Tidal Fishery at the Costa last month. Tell us how that went down. Okay, so I was at Kentucky Lake, totally focused on Kentucky Lake tour event. As soon as that ended, I started driving home to Maryland. And I, I got to say you know, real quick, I talked to Brian about this. He's like, man, I really want to fish it, but I just don't have time, man. I got too much going on. Go ahead, Brian. I'll let you take it from there. That's exactly right. I had not planned on fishing it as crazy as it sounds with it being in my backyard. It's just going from Kentucky to the Potomac straight to Champlain. It's three weeks straight. That's a lot for me. Um, it's a lot of time away from the family and work and everything but uh i got home got back to work on sunday on the charter boat and talked to my wife and she said why don't you go out monday afternoon and see if you like anything you see do a little bit of practicing that's what i did and i called her and said you know i caught some nice fish and she said look you're driving all around the country fishing all these events that you haven't been to before why won't you fish the tournaments in your backyard i said well i'll do it i signed up and then i put a half day out on wednesday that's a very good sign of a good wife by the way Absolutely. She's very supportive. You know, I went out Wednesday and got to really see uh, a couple areas on a specific tide, and uh, they bit pretty good. And uh, this year on the river, there's a lot of three-pound, three- to four-pound fish biting. But, um, you know, as soon as a big tournament comes around, they seem to shrink up because there's more boots in these key areas, blah, blah, blah. Well, the deal for me was patience, 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 just Staying on these key spots and uh, calling through fish and hopefully getting a big bite. That was the key because, like I said, it seemed like you could catch a 14 to 15 pound bag, but getting over that hump was the deal. You had to catch one big bite. That's kind of what happened to me the first two days. I would get the big bite. That puts you in second place going into day three. Is that correct? That's correct. I was right neck and neck going into the final day. Now, usually you're you're the hammer closer. You know, you've been having a knack for closing pretty well. Day three, you know, how did that turn out? I laid down that night feeling very confident that I had a legitimate chance of winning that event. And um, day three, I go to the spot that it produced for previous two days, and an hour and a half went by with no bites. The water was cleaner. The boats had cleared out. They should be biting, but they weren't. And then I caught a little fish, and then I lost the biggest fish I had on all week, very close to the boat. And I'm not going to say that spun me out, but it was like... Didn't help. (laughs) You know, it didn't help. It was like somebody popped a balloon. I just heard the air just... You know, and in the past when I've won an event or two, they have all come into the boat. So now instead of being patient, I started running around trying to make something happen instead of staying there and being patient. Right. Well, nonetheless, dude, you had a top five finish and uh, you continue to submit yourself as the best tidal water angler in the country. I mean, you don't have a lot of tour events on tidal water stuff. And uh, obviously they've got a lot of Costas and AAA events. And uh, man, I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I think you're dominant. It's pretty obvious on performance and uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and give you that title. <laughs> Top title water fisherman in the country. How about that? <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you're having a great year on the FLW Tour. Everything seems to be just lining up for you. You've been fishing a lot of water this year for the first time. You went to Pickwick for the first time, Kentucky Lake. Th- those are two that I know of for sure. And and what I think is really interesting is your consistency is continuing to stay at a pretty high level. Um, you know, you're not winning the tour events as of yet, but um, you're not finishing 100th. You're not finishing 150th. You're, you're staying right there, either getting a check or just outside a check, but you're, you're staying really consistent right in that, I guess, strike zone. What is it that you're able to focus on and how are you approaching it? when you get to these different waterways because, you know, Bass Edge listeners, a lot of them fish just, you know, some of their local stuff, but, you know, they're going on a week vacation here or there or a weekend club tournament at a lake maybe they haven't seen a whole lot. Maybe we can give them some tips and tactics that'll help them fish waterways they're not very familiar with. Okay, this is what I've done this year. Um, I feel that it's helped me a lot. One, I've gotten very, very, very little bit of outside information and as far as what I mean there is I buy a map I look at an aerial view of the lake that I haven't been to and then I do not try to get any kind of information from anybody even before you know cut off and the reason I do that is because I feel that people give you information they have feelings to specific patterns or spots every year is different and it can have you putting too much time into their spots that worked a year ago two years ago so what i've done is i've gotten very brief overview from mr kurt dove of every event (laughs) that i haven't been to and then i've showed up and i've tried to take something that i like doing which is grass fishing if there's grass i try to establish that right away that's my comfort zone if i could find grass i feel i could catch fish so i go with my comfort zone first if that doesn't work i don't try to become somebody i'm not overnight i don't try to become this ledge guru or this finesse drop shot guru i try to fish my strengths which i would consider shallow water so then i go with that pattern if it's wood or docks or rock or whatever shallow cover there is, I give that a good run. And, um, you know, I give it, you know, the first two days of practice, I try to fish my strengths. And if that doesn't work, then I try to adapt. But I also try to let the lake tell me. So if I get a bite doing this, I try to duplicate it. I let every clue tell me. I don't have any preconceived notions. This year particular, I think, is a different year. Everything's behind. So, you know, I just try to let the lake tell me what's going on. So, Brian, on your analogy there with with information which i think is a good one it almost sounded a little bit like you were alluding to you know sometimes when people offer information or or maybe even if it's perhaps public information that's you know on a website or a fishing board forum or something like that that puts people fishing the past too much is is that kind of what i'm hearing that's exactly right for instance we we went to kentucky lake this year it turned into you know alleged fest it turned into offshore bite but when we arrived this year has been so cold and rainy and everything's behind there was still a ton of fish on the bank there was still fry everywhere so you could put two days out idling these ledges 
and you're looking for a ghost that's not there. They're, they were on their way. But I don't know. You, you could get locked into something that happened last year. I've, I've done it, too. Like, I've gone to lakes that I've been to before, and I caught them this way. So I spent a full day trying to make that work. Well, every year is different. I think that's the key to just show up and let the lake tell you what's going on. You can miss the deal by having too much ties to a specific pattern from the past. I think what's really interesting is that that you're always leaning on on what you've done and, and you know being able to chat with you a little bit throughout the year. I always hear Brian saying one thing, is there grass in this place or is this what's going on here? And and at Pickwick, for example, he was able to exploit, you know, the grass that was there and, and he looked for it on Kentucky Lake. And I think so many times that, you know, an angler has a focus of confidence and a specific technique. Obviously, grass fishing is, is your deal. Is it just a mental thing or is it just the way you like to fish or is it technique specific? Why is it that you think when you get to an area, you know, that has a lot of vegetation that you just have that aura that, dude, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to find some fish around this stuff. How does that work in your mental aspect? This is how it works. I've put 50 days or 100 days of my life on lakes over the, all the years that does that do not have grass, but I've put I don't know how many days of my life on fisheries that have grass. You know, th- maybe a thousand over the years. So I'm way way more comfortable fishing in the grass. And it's just the main thing is I tell myself I don't want to be driving home after the event and see that guys are crushing them in the grass and I didn't find it. That's like the driving point there, that I feel so comfortable in the grass. I feel that I can catch them in the grass very well. So I'm going to go with my strengths before anything. Well, Brian, it goes back to like we've heard so many times, you know, confidence. Again, go to your strengths, do what you know, and that is kind of your benchmark or your foundation to use as a springboard to work it from there. Yep. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to take a quick pause in action. We're going to turn to some of this topic, but first, we've got a few messages. Bass Edge Radio will be right back with FLW Tour Pro, Brian Schmidt. Sign up to become an O'Reilly Old Rewards member today and start earning instantly. Old Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast, easy, and free. Old Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts returns with FLW Pro Angler Brian Schmidt. Hey, Brian, I got to say, you know, this is my first year on the FLW Tour, and I've noticed an interesting thing or two. Some of the anglers, including yourself, have got some, uh, they're friends, very good friends. The best. You're running with another guy, and incidentally, his name is Kurt, and uh, he fishes the FLW Tour as a co-angler. Man, I think it is so cool. I see these guys, other, other pros like yourself, have these um they're kind of like fishing caddies right <laughs> okay so you're talking about my good buddy kurt frazier that i'm so lucky to have with me travels with me splits the driving up he makes a 14 hour drive turn into like five hours you know because we could talk the whole time and right you know good buddy from up home it's like a comfort level he drove me straight here from the potomac event to champlain and let me sleep sleep in the vehicle so i was nice and rested when when i hit the boat ramp in the morning so kurt dove he used the term 
caddy, you know, and you're obviously referencing your, your friend, Kurt. So does this turn into like you're on the front deck and you say pitch and stick, please, or, or give me a, you know, six, eight, uh, cranking rod or, or where's, where's this coming from? I, I got to ask you, Brian. <laughs> it, it's more of a friendship, man. Um, by all means, he, he just is a good buddy of mine and he's looking at it as he's getting an opportunity to learn and fish every day. He gets to travel with me, see all these places, but Manny helps out tremendously with everything. There's a lot more than just showing up, putting the boat in the water and going fishing. As we all know, there's there's so much maintenance and travel and all that. Yeah, the, you know, and the one thing that I think is really cool, I've, I've heard you say this, you know, once or twice that, you know, we maybe we have dinner or something the night before the event or, or I see you here or there at the tour events. But he really instills a lot of uh, – a lot of positive energy and um, really talks, you know, like if you, if you see something that's going on in the water, you can bounce some things off of him and, and just kind of really, you know, and he's like, hey, man, this is in your wheelhouse. You've got this. You're going to do this. This is going to be great for you. And, and it really emotes uh, a lot of confidence for you out there on the water, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. That's that's a key deal. So positive. He's always upbeat. Confidence is, is, I think, everything in bass fishing. You can honestly show up to an event and not be on a whole lot. And you can either go one or two ways. You can get down on, on yourself, and it can go to a horrible finish. Or you could be super confident, but not even being on the right deal and turn into you know a top 50. And, and that's what I think uh, Kurt's helping me with this year is just keeping my confidence up and having me a little more rested and, you know, not so wore out from the drives and all that. Well, it's it's almost like, you know, all other sports, quite honestly, Brian, you know, they have an entourage, right? Personal trainers to, you know, a coach to maybe a, a psychological coach to all their different team members and, and fishing, although it's an individual sport, we all know that, like you said, there's a lot of other things that come into play. So hats off to you for developing those relationships that is really putting you at a, at kind of at a different level. Hey, I'm with you. I just got to tell you one quick funny story. First tournament that uh, Kurt fished with me, it was on Lake Champlain. It was a Costa event back in 14. And Kurt has had a little bit of back surgery over the years. And he was very new to bass fishing. But I said, man, you should come up to Lake Champlain and fish this, this Costa tournament with me and see what it's all about because the weather was looking good. And, you know, it's just an excellent fishery. <laughs> We're driving up north to Champlain. And then it hit me. I was like, this lake can get so rough. <laughs> and he's had back surgeries. This is probably the worst decision I've ever made. But for some reason, it was flat calm for seven days, and he got to do very well, and he got a top 10 in his first event, so he was hooked. That's awesome, Hooked dude. after that. That is very cool. But another story that's new for you this year is uh, Riot Baits, man. I see, uh, you know, obviously with your jerseys and stuff. I saw on the uh, FLW page, uh, you know, last month when they were talking about the top baits from the top five, you mentioned Riot Baits. So tell us a little bit about Riot Baits. And, uh, man, come on. Is there some signature lures coming out or what? You got the you got the swim jig, chatter bait. What, what's going on with the Riot Baits? When I hooked up with Riot Bates, you know, the owner, Matt Stark, he lives in New Jersey on Lake Hepacton. He's, you know, fishes a very 
pressured small lake that has a lot of large mouth, a lot of small mouth, but it's very pressured. So he knows the difference in a small detail to a bait, what it can do to your success rate around a lot of competitors. So for one, the products are very good for tournament anglers. He, do, he doesn't make anything that doesn't work. All the soft plastics are you know, very good. So I was lucky to hook up with him. And we kind of have the same passion. We love fishing grass. He's developed a lot of baits that are very, very good in the grass. He also has some baits for the finesse side, not in the grass. But He's coming out with two new baits very shortly. One is a vibrating jig and one is a swim jig. And I have been trying to give as much input as I can to these baits so we have a definite better product than what's out there now. So when you say as much input as what you can, obviously there's a lot of of swim jigs and, and vibrating jigs that's on the market. Can you help us understand what makes the difference in a quality, say, swim jig or vibrating jig that you look for? Because obviously this is something that you have in your hand a lot. For me, with the vibrating jig, it would be just a small difference in the vibration. If it's more of a violent vibration or more of a subtle vibration, that can trigger fish. And uh, we're going with a unique blade design on the vibrating jig that's putting off a very distinct, I would say, uh, faster vibration at a slower retrieve. So I, what I'm getting at there is the baits can be in front of the fish longer with a more of a violent vibration that should trigger more pressured bass to bite. And then with the swim jig, we're going for a very finesse-sized swim jig. Every fish is seeing swim jig come by their face, but we're going for a smaller, compact, finesse-style swim jig. Dude, that sounds pretty exciting. I, li- I like the thought process there. Um, looking forward to getting my hands on some of those. Another thing that's new, you mentioned a little bit earlier about your charter business. Uh, for those that don't know, um, Brian runs a charter service out of Deal, Maryland on the uh, Chesapeake Bay. And uh, since we last hooked up here on Bass Edge, I think you got a new boat, right? Yep, we bought another charter boat. Business has been good to where we have been turning away trips um, over the last few years. You know, we have a lot of people that call, hey, we need a boat right now this weekend. Well, we're already booked. And in the past, we've had to give those trips away to different charter captains. And to me, that that's not good business because they show those people a good time. Well, now they're calling them to come back. So we bought another boat to keep everybody underneath our Loosen Up Charters blanket. And it seems to be working out pretty well. We've been very busy on both boats and people are calling to come back. At this point, everything's going very good. So there's just not enough Brian Schmidt to go around then. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm going to tell you, no. if Amistad dries up, I'm going to bring my little captain's license up there to Deal, Maryland and, and, uh, and see if I can't get a ride on your boat. <laughs> We'll keep you busy, man. That's cool. Well, I tell you what, we've, we've been having a great discussion, but it is definitely time for our O'Reilly Auto Parts, Better Parts, Better Prices Every Day listener question segment. This is actually right down your alley, Brian. Today's question is sent in from John Welsh out of Texas. And John asks, when the fishing pressure gets high, and he mentions meaning a lot of boats fishing on the lake, where and how do you prefer to fish to increase your odds of catching more bass? Okay, I think there's a couple things you can do. Sometimes fishing pressure 
can make you leave an area or it can get in your head, especially like if you get in these tournaments where there's big community holes or on your local lake on the weekend, there's always a ton of boats in this one area. Well, they're there for a reason because there's a lot of fish. So first thing you got to do is determine if you have somewhere else that's better or not. If you have any question on that, you got to stay. Sometimes the person is the most disciplined or the most patient is the one that's going to do the best in those areas. So you can go one or two ways. You can either go super finesse or you can go to the other end and go super big with your bait selection. And then it's just going to be patient, 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 you know, just grinding through. That's that's the keys in those high amount of fishing pressure. So, Brian, does it bother you to fish behind people? It does not, especially in grass, because I think you can never catch every fish that's in grass. And sometimes the angle change or the smallest thing triggers another fish to bite. Well, that's good stuff, Brian. Thank you for answering that question. John, remember, be sure to either log on to BassEdge.com and click the Claim Your Prize section or make sure to email us support at bassedge.com and let us know that you heard Brian answer your question on the show and we will send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And Bass Edge Nation, keep firing in those questions, man. They're getting better and better. Just shoot those either email to support at bassedge.com or comment through our Facebook or Twitter pages. Be happy to get your question answered on the show and hopefully you can take home one of those O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards. Well, hey, Brian, once again, appreciate your time. Almost been a little too long since 2014, since we had you on here last. But uh, again, great interview. As always, you bring the goods. Anything you want to leave us with before we shut down? Uh, No, everybody keep listening and um, wish me luck. You got it, buddy. Uh, Good luck. And we hope to hook up with you. Maybe we'll be talking about the uh, FLW Cup before too long. Appreciate you being here. Looking forward to it. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. Hey, you got professional angler David Mullen. Stay right here. Yet more to come from Aaron and Kurt on Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Aaron, I got to say, fun interview again with Brian Schmidt. He's a great guy to chat with. I like to get those kind of little inside stories. I I think maybe we'll have to come up with a segment in the future that's just about a little bit more what these guys are doing on the road and kind of what makes them tick and and just some little fun-filled facts. Yeah, because honestly, the show is about education. It's about helping us catch more bass. Often overlooked, though, as you and I talk often, Kurt, is it's not always just about talking about 
about what's on the end of the line and how you're presenting that. It's oftentimes what is happening between our ears and, you know, that support, that confidence on and on and on every single episode. It's continuing to be reiterated by all of our anglers. Yeah, you bet. It's there. It's a piece of the game. And um, no matter if you're out on the weekend excursion or, uh, you know, fishing a hardcore tournament event, if you don't think you're going to catch them and you drive back to the ramp and you wonder why you didn't, then uh, it probably has something to do with that mental mindset while you're out there on the water. So uh, keep it positive and uh, enjoy the time out there, even though it's hot, blistering hot. Get out for a few hours in the morning if you can over these next couple weekends until uh, fall will be arriving before we know it. And uh, the fishing is going to pick up here shortly. But I tell you what, Aaron, it's been a pleasure. Once again, another episode of Bass Edge Radio is in the books. July 15th, we're completed. Make sure you tune in to our next show, August 1st. Download us up, Bass Edge Radio. For Aaron Martin, I am Kirk Dove. Sayonara. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.